The reality is most people can do something to be work attached. The ones that don't have that work attachment end up down the roads of depression and social isolation. In 2022, Nova Scotians lost about a million working days to workplace injury. Think about it, a million working days. That's the same as nearly 4,000 people working full-time for a year. It has a huge impact on those individuals and their families, their workplaces, our healthcare system, and the province as a whole. Nova Scotia's physicians are focused on enabling a culture shift in our province to encourage our population to lead healthier, more active lifestyles. Joining me in the studio today is Dr. Leisha Hawker. This past June, Dr. Hawker wrapped up her term as the president of Doctors Nova Scotia, the province's medical association that represents more than 3,500 physicians. I'm also joined by Dr. Manoj Vora, WCB's chief medical officer. Dr. Vora is also a practicing physician who served as the president of Doctors Nova Scotia from 2017 to 2018. The challenge we're talking about today is about return to work, safe and timely return to work. And over the years, the practice has been, first I recover, then I return to work. And the thinking on that is shifting. The thinking today is I return to work and I recover while at work. That work is actually part of my recovery. Dr. Hawker and Dr. Vora are two physicians in our community here in Nova Scotia who we've seen begin that shift in thinking to recovery at work is healthier than recovering at home following an injury. I'm Shelley Rowan, Interim CEO of the Workers' Compensation Board of Nova Scotia. Welcome to WorkShift. Dr. Hawker and Dr. Vora, thanks so much for being here. Thank thanks you, for Shelley. having us. Dr. Hawker, I thought we might start by hearing from you on your time as the leader of Doctors Nova Scotia. The organization's an important voice for physicians and a trusted medical authority for all Nova Scotians. You also held that role at a time when the province is working through some pretty significant challenges in the healthcare system. So when you reflect on the past year, what are some of your biggest takeaways? Well, I've been a family doctor and addictions doctor for about a decade. And speaking with more senior physicians, they talk about the aging uh, population in Nova Scotia and the, the increasing complexity. But even in my only 10 years of practice, I've seen a significant shift in uh, complexity and, and, and need from my patients. And then add on the COVID pandemic, and we saw a significant burnout amongst healthcare providers, mm -hmm. but also significant mental distress from our patients in Nova Scotia too. Uh, and one of the biggest issues in the healthcare system today in Nova Scotia is the lack of access to comprehensive primary care. And so that's been the primary focus of Doctors Nova Scotia. Uh, about 15% of Nova Scotians don't have a family doctor. Uh, and even many that do have a family doctor often have long wait times to see their family doctor and have difficulty accessing them in a timely manner. Dr. Vore, is there anything in particular that resonates with you, either from your time when you were president of Doctors Nova Scotia or in your current role as WCB's chief medical officer? Thank you, Shelley. I think what Dr. Hawker has just talked about is what the pulse of of uh, society is right now, where we're looking for access for primary care. That actually influences and affects us greatly at, at the compensation board because we need access to primary care for our patients, our injured workers, so that they can actually get the treatments and the diagnosis at the beginning and get part of that well to, uh, recovery to well 
going as soon as possible. What you said, Dr. Hawker, the the changing nature of care that people need. The, there's greater complexity. The the population is aging. The population is shifting, and uh, to make your way through all that complexity must be a at a fascinating and a challenging time to work in this sector. I work at the North Greeny Health Center as a family doctor, and it's actually just two blocks away. But it's been around for about 50 years, and it's one of the oldest collaborative health centers uh, in the province and the country, actually. And so I've been very fortunate, even early in my career, to have mentorship from senior physicians just down the hall, but also to work with and learn from many other healthcare providers. Uh, and and our allied health professionals that we have has even expanded a lot over the last few years. But we're so lucky that, you know, we have support from social work and dietitian, mental health counselors and mental health nurses. Um, we have programs like a walking group, um, a pantry program and a good food box. And, and it's much larger than a primary care clinic. It really truly is a community health center. Uh, and, and we're a nonprofit led by a, a community health uh, board. And so it's just a different model. And I think it's a model that could be helpful in many other parts of the province. I'm fascinated yeah. that the clinic is 50 years old, and uh, and here we are. Here we are. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful, reassuring thing. And, and might I add, you know, I have found it as a physician liberating to have multidisciplinary approaches. Mm -hmm. You know, again, back to the days when I started, I was it, and I felt that I was in control of that whole care, and I had to write the prescription for what was the physio, what what was next, what was going to happen. But now, with all of the professionals that we have, as well as in the board, we have a team around everyone. And that team has specific um, value to that individual who, in return to work. So I don't have to worry about prescribing where they go or what they do. What I can do is help support the safe and timely return to work. So that's really important for me. Very interesting. Very interesting. And there's no question there is no shortage of opportunity for the healthcare system here in Nova Scotia. But at the same time, and I was speaking to somebody about this the other day, that I just feel there's so much to be optimistic about. One of the areas we're focused on is helping people understand the important role that work can play in recovery. We know that in the long run, being disconnected or being removed from the workplace, being out of the workplace, can really make recovery more difficult for us. So it really calls for a shift from recover to return, uh, to turn that around, that I return to work and then I recover while at work or I recover as part of work. So big shift in thinking. Uh, absolutely, Shelley. And, and I think what we're realizing right now, more, most importantly, is that work is so healthy for you. It's a determinant of health, independent determinant of health, along with income. But work is not only about a financial stream. It's about your whole health. The studies are overwhelmingly support that being work attached uh, improves how long you live, mental health. It improves social and emotional health. It improves every aspect of your health. Absolutely. And Dr. Hawker, from your perspective, what are some of the challenges that, that you see arise when people become disconnected from work? Some of my patients sometimes have a hard time. The longer they're off work, it's, it's harder to get back. Um, 
if you just think about it in your own life, sometimes you might have a long weekend. That Tuesday feels like a really hard Tuesday. True enough. So you can multiply that. Or if you're off for two weeks, that first day back can be really challenging, um, just mentally or physically, if you have a really uh, physical job. And and so if you're off for several months, it, it can be very difficult to get back to work. Um, and so the best way to recover is to recover on the job with, you know, modified duties, maybe just uh, different duties than you're normally doing. And it's really important to have a, a flexible and supportive employer to to really support the employee in their recovery. And, and sometimes my patients uh, benefit from like a graduated return to work plan. So they might not be able to do their their typical eight or 12 hour shift that they used to do, but, you know, working four hours at a time and, and, and building up that that resilience and that capacity again. Absolutely. It's the, as your physical capacity grows, you, your duties grow and your time spent at work can grow. It's very interesting. I would also say having been in the system for over 30 years, I've started when the physician led the whole situation where you would come into my office, I'd give you a sick note and I'd put you off for a period of time. The times, as we talked about in the past, which was about when you hurt your back, you were off for a week or two, and then you'd come back to see if you were any better. And we would judge it based on what we thought was the do no harm uh, principle that we've all grown up with. The world has changed. So has study. So has scientific evidence. Moving activity, they're all things that need to be incorporated in a good recovery plan. So that's the seismic shift I see, which is about trying to keep people active, uh, injured workers active specifically, so that they can return to the workplace in a safe and timely manner, but also uh, recover faster. Where do you think culturally we are as a province on this issue? I think we still have a little bit of a ways to go. Uh, we also have a province where we have a lot of people working in uh, more traditional uh, like physical labor type jobs where the, the rate of injuries is higher. We also have quite a high rate of addictions in Nova Scotia, uh, including cannabis use disorders as well. And so that plays a role too. Um, we do have a bit of a culture um, where being off work is sometimes um, something that people try to do, uh, unfortunately. And, and as a physician, that can put us in a challenging position because we're trying to find common ground with our patients and support their wellness. Um, so sometimes I have patients requesting more time off work than I think is necessary. And, and so we have to kind of work together to uh, find some common ground and, and, and shared goals for recovery. Absolutely. That understanding, helping understand the value of it and then nudging to keep people connected. It's interesting when I when I started working with the board to see that, you know, 80% of people do return to work in a timely Absolutely. and safe yeah. manner. And so often you look at that 20% and you say, how can we help them? And, you know, as I reflect back to the years that I was a physician, it goes back to understanding that it's what else in the injury is causing this type of reaction, trying uh, not trying to stay off work, but rather afraid of returning to the workplace. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we learn that there's other factors, and we'll probably talk about that a little bit as I, as we get into that, but other factors than only the injury that I think are really important for us as physicians to try to seek to understand, because understanding that whole patient really gives us the the whole picture on what some of the barriers of those are. Dr. Huckers, you had said that working with the uh, the workplace, working with the WCB to find um, a safe return to work because safe safe is part of it. I'm not sure I've actually used that word in in talking about re return to work, but uh, safe and timely is the way I think about it. That 
I need to know that I'm not going to get re-injured. I, I, have, I have work that I can do and I can contribute, but I don't have to worry that it's going to exacerbate my injury and that, I, that it'll make me worse. And, and, you know, that goes back to my role as their family doctor to help promote that confidence. But it's based on real objective evidence that supports it. And I think it's important not only to have physical safety with return to work, but but a sense of psychological safety too. Um, sometimes it's not necessarily the initial injury or illness that is making it difficult to return to work. And oftentimes I could predict uh, when I have someone go off work initially based just on their past history of mental health disorders or addiction, or even just having early childhood adverse events or traumas, it's those folks that often have a more difficult time. And so we really need to look at the whole person uh, in their recovery. Absolutely. We are complex beings, humans are. <laughs> and we we bring to work everything uh, with us. And so how do we help people sort that out and be confident when they return? Absolutely. What's also really important, now, as Dr. Hawker just spoke about, is the majority of reasons people don't return to work uh, the seven most important reasons are all psychological. Mm. And you know, a lot of the times it has to do with the issue of whether or not they believe that they're valued at work, whether they actually believe that um, they're not going to return and be forced to do something different. Um, so those are all things that we need to put into consideration if we have the time to talk. But in today's day and age, when you know you have limited time to see each patient, it's difficult to get into those conversations, but it's almost essential. And we have to find a way to be able to find the time in those busy days for those individuals because of the catastrophic events that happen when they don't return to work. What things can we do to create that physical and psychological safety um, every day and when people are coming back to work um, after after a workplace injury? It's a, it's a shifting world for us. I really do believe so. And this may be a really good time for me to add. When we train as physicians, and I can't speak most recently as I'm, I'm not, <laughs> it's been a long time since I graduated, um, you know, we were taught about diagnosis and treatments, but we really didn't talk about function. And function is now the most important part of this whole conversation to me because we feel that if you're not fully better, you can't return to work at times. But yet, most people even feel that you need to be 50% better. But the reality is, you know, most people can do something to be work attached. The ones that don't have that work attachment end up down the roads of depression and social isolation. Remember, work is probably where most of your friends and social units mm -hmm. are. Right. And so when you're removed from work, it has such a long-term a long effect. Maybe, Dr. Vohr, you could tell us, in speaking with your colleagues across the province, what are some of the other challenges that they encounter when it comes to helping encourage their patients to return to work or stay connected to work um, following an injury? How can they help demonstrate leadership in, in return to work and recovery at work in particular? Well, I think it starts with that first conversation. Um, it is the most important conversation that you have, and you can set the tone of the, not the expectation, but the confidence that you need to return to work safely in a timely manner. And those are two of the most important things, safety and timely. I think that in the conversations I've had with many physicians right across the province, the one-on-ones, the medical associations, there's concern about not necessarily understanding what they can do, what, what is their ability. 
So if I hear that in my office and I tell physicians that I go out to, I, I say, well, let's find out what's the work and do we, you feel that it's safe or not? Because if you feel it's safe or not, they would definitely trust in their own physician. And, you know, I would often talk about the fact that we have to, that we will get back there, but we don't want to send you back too quickly because that will cost you in the long run if we put you back into a situation um, too quickly to do your original work because we don't want this injury to prolong or get re-injured. You know, there's this feeling that people may go back to work too early, but it's transitional duties. And those transitional duties have been well studied to make sure that we don't re-injure. It really is the key. And there was a time, even in, in my work lifetime, that uh, you recovered and then you returned to work. So I was 100%. If I mm -hmm. Maybe I wasn't 100% before I had the injury, but if I, you know, I had to be 100% to go back to work. And so if you have that in your head, mm -hmm. um, it's a big shift to think about, it's okay for me to be 40%. And, and it's going to be safe because somebody has looked at what I can actually do. My workplace understands my limitations and, and my, my capabilities. We're starting to shift to a new way of thinking. So I'm hopeful. Are, are you hopeful in the same way? It, and it took time. It took It, it takes took time. time. And, and more than that, we see employers focusing not only on prevention. That's where it started with injury prevention. Mm -hmm. But now we're actually seeing a lot of employers focusing on overall wellness. Yes. And, and so, so that's better. even like one step further. That's an excellent clarification. That even improves the situation for me coming back to work. Yeah. No, absolutely. Totally. 100% agree on that. Uh, we're, we have, I believe we're moving not as fast as I'd like at times, but <laughs> that needle to starting to understand, you know, the whole person as we talked about, but work as the most important part of your day as you spend half of, more than half of your waking hours working. Right. And you know, we've come a long way with occupational medicine as well. When we start talking about, you know, shift work and the risks with shift work, how do we better that? So all of those factors that go into safe and timely return to work is now starting to come to physicians as we do the outreaches. And I think that's where you go. But again, and I think you mentioned it, we're now spending a lot more time on psychological issues, yes. mm -hmm. trying to make sure that we understand the whole person. And I think uh, we're working as partners. And I think it is important. You know, we have caseworkers, we have physicians, and we have uh, healthcare professionals providing treatment. Mm -hmm. And that communication is so vital. But the most important person in that is the injured worker. And they have to understand as well as be part of that plan as opposed to be around it. Right. And mm -hmm. so I, that's where I think we're starting to really move as injured workers realize unsafe workplaces mm -hmm. are something that they don't have to accept. But being at work is something that they should want to be. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very interesting time. I was shocked when I read the study that showed the impact of being off work on my physical and mental health. I, I had no idea. I didn't think about it. I even worked in the system and I didn't think about mm. it like that, that we worry when people are off for a long time. But I, I, hadn't, I hadn't appreciated the health impact of being off work and being disconnected with work, that being connected to work is a healthy thing for most people. You know, worklessness, as we call it, yeah. has been around longer than even when I, <laughs> before my time. And it really has now come to forefront, right? Worklessness is worse than working, uh, has a greater danger, I believe, than being out in the oil rigs in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, mm, as Waddell used to say. Yeah. So, you know, so you can get the imagery of just how important being at work is. 
I had one other question for you, Dr. Mm-hmm. Hawker, that we've talked about wellness. And, and as I've heard both of you say, physicians play a critical role in helping their patients recover when they've had an injury. But I also know that there's many physicians who are dedicated to making Nova Scotians healthier overall. And I wonder if you could share with us the biggest lessons you've learned over the three years since Make Your Move first launched and how the foundation's going to evolve the program as the years go by. Well, the Healthy Tomorrow Foundation is is a charity and and started by Doctors Nova Scotia. I'm a relatively new board member. Just I kind of came on the board just as my presidency was ending about a month ago, um, but it's been fantastic to to get a much more up close and personal view of all the great work that they do. As you said recently, uh, in the last few years, they've expanded to make your move at work. So the overall mission for Healthy Tomorrow Foundation is uh, for a healthy and happy. Uh, tomorrow for all Nova Scotians. And so it's not about exercise or counting calories. It's about joyful movement. It's about just making activity a part of your regular life, whether it's chasing your daughter at the playground, um, finding time to go to the oval in the winter and go skating or gardening or whatever it is that brings you joy so that you're moving more as part of just your general day. It's interesting, too. We've really started to promote Make Your Move at Work with our own employees. And uh, I thought about it this week I, as I thought about uh, preparing for the podcast that I had a virtual meetings day. And I think I sat at my desk right. six or seven hours and, you know, back to back to back to back. And when I stood up and I'm not 25 anymore, <laughs> OK, I could pack, practically hear the creek, right? mm-hmm. the back creeks, the knees creak. And I thought about this, if I had just taken two minutes in between each meeting, I wouldn't have heard the creaking when I stood up six hours later. So to me, the make your move is really that concept of enabling um, frequent movement and not for a long period of time, but regular frequent movement throughout your workday. It can, it should really be a part of every workplace's occupational health and safety policy or program. Sorry, what a difference that would make uh, if we could do that. Oh, uh, Shelley, it, it was funny. I haven't, you know, I was recently just returned from meetings and we had just broken for lunch and one of them said, okay, everyone up, let's go for a walk. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, yeah. I just wanted to eat lunch, honestly, but, <laughs> you know, I felt really yeah. good when I came back and, uh, and had that walk. And I think it's, I think it's really about activity wherever you are. Mm-hmm. You know, we now have sit stand. We mm-hmm. move. Yeah. We have ergonomic um, value added uh, tools to do that. And I think, if I can say so, it's part of your recovery, which is about being active recovery. It's not a sedentary recovery. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we use the word sedentary duties, but that doesn't mean you're sitting down all day. It right. simply is more of a reflection of what's not going to hurt you may not be as active as you'd like to be. Right. But, you know, um, being active, whether you're injured or not injured, is probably the best way to better health. Absolutely. As we shifted to more virtual meetings, uh, I've been known to kind of stand and do laundry, (laughs) do (laughs) some yoga poses, uh, occasionally just go for a a walk, Uh, especially if you're just meeting with one or two people and you're you're in the office. Yeah. Like, there's no reason to sit around a small conference table. Like, you could get out and get some fresh air. Absolutely. And yeah. you know, Dr. Hawker, one of the interesting things that's happened for physicians is that we have physician leadership right throughout this province. And for example, in Truro, um, uh, a physician had started, and many participated in what's called Walk with the Docs right. on a Saturday morning, and people uh, would show up and start walking. Isn't that and great? It, it's a great community feeling to know that 
the the leaders of these communities mm -hmm. are part of that solution. So that's great. That's you know, really great. You know, a lot of workplaces help support, um, you know, getting physical with, uh, you know, memberships or right. uh, support in that. And my last comment would be, everyone's a leader. Just get up and start doing it and lead people because everyone wants somebody wants to be part of it. And it's not only good for your health, but it's also good for your social atmosphere as Absolutely. you talk. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be difficult. That's and right. it doesn't have to be complicated. And it, it allows uh, you to reduce workplace injury because you're going to be so much, uh, you're moving and it's much better to move than sit still. Absolutely. Great ideas. Great ideas. Thank you for that. Dr. Hawker and Dr. Vora, I want to thank you both for your time today and for sharing with us your insights and your experience on recovery as part of return to work. It's been very insightful. Thanks again. Thank, thank you, you for Shelley. having us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to WorkShift, a podcast from the Workers' Compensation Board of Nova Scotia. If you'd like to learn more, you can visit us at worksafeforlife.ca.